Welcome to the Folio Podcast, where we talk to leaders, experts, and some very smart people in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. We discuss the building construction lifecycle and everything that revolves around it, including design, FF&E, specification, procurement, and building information modeling. My name is Ingrid Velasquez-Woodley, and this podcast is brought to you by Folio. Folio is a product specification, procurement, and data management software for the AEC industry. With Folio, you can manage your budgeting, specification, purchasing, inventory, and product data processes from end-to-end. Go to folio.com and schedule your demo today. That's F-O-H-L-I-O.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Folio. So today we are nearing the end of January 2022, but I wanted to share with you an interview that we recorded with Jim Watson in June of 2021, so around six months ago. Jim Watson is the vice president and co-owner of New Atlantic Builders, a semi-custom home builder based in Florida. The reason we were so interested in speaking with Jim is because at the time, the housing market had been consistently hitting all-time highs. In June 2021, the median price of a single-family home in the United States was sitting at $335,000. Even then, homes were getting snapped up like hotcakes within an average of 18 days of being on the market. Another record. Well, it's half a year later, the housing market is as hot as ever, and is still putting tremendous pressure on commodities. Lumber prices, for example, has increased nearly 45% since September of 2021, according to data from the federal government. That's a problem for companies like New Atlantic Builders. Because they're competing against brands like GE and Builders First Source, pricing volatility hits them harder. And yet, they're more than managing to make ends meet. Here's why. Would you mind sharing briefly just how you got started in construction and development and kind of how you ended up where you are now? Sure. I started in Gainesville and ended up in Jacksonville in construction management, drawing architectural plans while I was going to school, hired by the same company once I graduated, and then jumped into estimating and architecture almost simultaneously, just based on the size of that builder. And then just kept that career path and enjoyed some aspects of design and um, cost control is, you know, the heartbeat of the construction business. So my forte is, uh, is the cost control and the budgeting. It's kept, kept us uh, enjoying, you know, some, some decent profits when, when we can just based on offering people what we think we can deliver. So really, you know, just going from that, that sort of construction management uh, mentality and, and applying it to the uh, construction business and really with a focus on, uh, on budgeting has sort of been my forte. You've bounced around a little bit and now you're at New Atlantic um, where you have, uh, you know, quite a few uh, fast growing communities. We had Atlantic Builders back in the 90s that, uh, you know, was a company that we sold. And then um, we started uh, Watson Home Builders uh, in the mid-2000s that we sold. And so um, after the recession, um, 
you know, we started with new Atlantic builders and um, started out uh, during, you know, the, the 2009 to 2010 era, just picking up scattered lots. And then we kind of grew from there into, you know, subdivisions and, and uh, building on a, on a higher volume basis. So, uh, yeah, we've had some really successful projects that um, are from Amelia Island to Gainesville to St. Augustine, uh, Ponte Vedra and Jack's Beach. So we're in West Side Jacksonville. So we've been very fortunate, have some great communities. It's kind of exploding there right now. Well, I've never seen uh, a market like this mm-hmm. on either side, on the, on the procurement side or on the selling side. We've never had uh, a market this hot on the selling mm-hmm. side. Um, which is putting huge pressures on the commodities as as lumber's gone through the roof and and copper's gone through the roof and mm-hmm. labor's um, now increased. So we're we're like um, you know on older contracts we're caught you know in a short you know as it were because of the 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 when the house was actually sold and what prices were like. We have a price increase clause, but nothing with the teeth that it needed to have because we're in uncharted territory right now it's that hot of a market wow and it's and it's really overheating the the supply and labor markets yeah and i want to talk about that what what are you doing to manage those supply disruptions how would you say your approach at new atlantic would differ from a larger home builder, maybe like Pulte or, or you know, someone like DR, maybe DR Horton is a better example. Our approach is based on our contractor and supplier uh, loyalty. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really, that's probably the, the number one um, factor on how we are able to still build houses in an environment when trusses are in short supply and lumber's in short supply and, and vendors uh, to install those items are in short supply. We've got a great, a great group that we've worked with for 10, 20, 30 years. So it's, um, that's how we deal with it. Now the big boys, I mean, they have national contracts with, with national uh, manufacturers, GE, um, the lumber company, Builders First Source is the largest lumber company in the nation. And I know they cut big, big deals with those guys. So their approach is, you know, this is what we're going to need. And uh, how can we make sure, how do we make sure our supply chain is, is uh, uninterrupted? And uh, how can we get the best price? Our approach is we've worked together for 20 or 30 years. You know, we're good you know, uh, we're the, we're the guys that have always been there to work with and we've got a relationship and a lot of the vendors still respect that. And we're blessed to have them, you know, uh, taking care of us like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So when the shortage happens on their side and you, you're in need of materials, is it kind of a weighted out approach or, um, it's, you know, it's, kind of trust them to handle it. Yeah, it is a lot of trust. It's a lot of a, of a relationship because, um, I'll give you a good example. Um, if we ran out of, uh, 
a particular plywood, you know, but we, but our suppliers looking at this other product line and will that meet our engineering requirements and our energy efficiency requirements? Yes and no, you may have to do a little bit more ceiling insulation because this product had a different energy rating. So then we work with our insulator and say, okay, what's the cost to go from R30 to R38? Because now we're having to use a different type of plywood. This is like real life stuff that's occurred. Uh, they ran out of the glue to put foil on the back of the, of the plywood that we were using in the attic. So we had to scramble. So that is kind of relying on the expertise of the vendors that we've done work with for a long time. When there's a shortage, it's probably hard to keep track of everything, right? There's, you know, shortage with this material, this material's good. So I can imagine something like folio coming into play when there are shortages, you know, because I think that is kind of their offer is, um, you know, keeping track of everything and accounting and all of that. I think it'd be a valuable tool if the if the vendors were feeding that information because uh, we have had some, you know, like pattern changes in flooring. And um, if that if that was tied in with a flooring guy and he was able to broadcast that through that system to the people that were on the front lines with the buyers, then you could immediately make those changes. The problem is, is the ones that have already chosen colors and now they're going, their house is already under construction. And when does that, when is that gonna pop up? Maybe Folio has some sort of, I don't know, familiar enough with it, but maybe they have some sort of alert system that says, hey, by the way, remember this project? Remember this product? It's no longer available per vendor, blah, blah, blah. So that would be a nice feature. The designers, the, the engineers behind this are always looking for suggestions like that. There seems to be this give and take between cost control and ensuring clients feel in control of their design. How do you manage that? Like, what would your kind of just general approach be to a situation where a client feels like... We have a design center in our model homes, okay? It's not um, like... It's not like a big carpet store or something, you know, or like uh, floor and decor, but it's the miniature version, you know, inside of our model homes. So they do a lot of previewing of those products before they go in for their uh, color selection. I'll, I'll use a, you know, as a, as to pick those products and then maybe do some of those options that you're referring to. And that's mm -hmm. sort of, you know, they're, they're, you know, they can touch it, they can feel it, they can see it they can kind of get a feel for the costs because we already have those um, costs laid out for those products based on their particular plan. So um, they are pretty acceptable of whatever the upgrade costs are for different products because they're already familiar with them before they go in. I have had a couple of um, situations where, you know, the internet's out there. So everybody shops the internet. And they said, you know, well, hey, man, I can get this product a lot cheaper than that. And I say, you know, and that's totally respectable. And I appreciate where you're coming from. But um, for us to do it while we're building your house uh, and to have it installed professionally, this is what we're, we have to charge for this product. Mm -hmm. And um, it sounds 
it sounds hollow, but when you really look at the cost of doing it post-closing, it's a no-brainer for them. And, you know, to, I mean, nobody wants to, unless you're a tile guy by trade. Okay, yeah, just put carpet in and then I'm going to tear the tile, the carpet <laughs> out, put tile. Now, if you're a tile guy, if you're a real DIY person, then, you know, I say knock yourself out, you know, so, <laughs> but um, people have a, have a value time, you know, how much is their time worth, you know, so, um, so we, um, we're, we're, uh, we have some pretty good agents and we have some decent products that the vendors uh, are always keeping updated. And so we're able to make those, those sales on the, on the upgrades without much hassle. What does that look like for New Atlanta? If someone wanted to buy a home, are they selecting from pre-existing designs? Are they like selecting finishes and all of that? Um, yeah, what, we, what would you say about that? Well, we have typically um, 10 or 12 plans that we like to offer per community. And they'll have a couple different looks, you know, so that we don't have the same you know elevations on every on every house front if there's a particularly popular plan there always seems to be a plan that everybody likes it's usually the model because it's already built but if you build some specs which are speculative homes that are for sale but uh, the agents show those those homes and then the, you know they get interested in those so we kind of limit it to 10 or 12 houses with a couple elevations each they're based on the lot size. So when you go to like our website or went one of our model homes, you would kind of see what those plan selection names and numbers are, and then see if that fits your lifestyle, okay? Um, we've got a community uh, with 100 foot lots. They're 100 feet wide, uh, three car garage, you know, uh, in a certain price range. Then we have another community that's on 40 foot lots with a two car garage. So some people um, are into their yards and they want to cut the grass and they want to do a pool in the future pool. Some people want a 40 footer and they want, don't want any maintenance and they just want to have a barbecue every once in a while and go to the clubhouse. So, so we kind of try and use the, our market, you know, knowledge to make sure that we, we cater to those uh, folks. We do a lot of uh, comparables in the area before we offer those ho homes and then we, we line them up and then um, we put, you know, market pricing on them. And, uh, and then we start out with a model and a couple specs and, and um, some finishes that we think are appropriate. And, and it's, it's based on our realtor knowledge um, in those areas. You know, we already know what the comps are. So um, we already know what kind of what's driving the buyers in those areas. I mean, every once in a while, you'll get a big surprise um, because uh, you think that it's a 2,000 square foot living area community and everybody's buying a 2,500. So, you know, uh, that's happened before. But, um, and no one knew that uh, COVID was going to come along and everybody was going to want to get out of, you know, their, um, their multifamily situation, you know, and get into a single family home that they could, sort of you know hunker down in <laughs> so yeah we've we've seen a change from that shift you know and and a shift from the northeast with a lot of customers coming in from from new york and connecticut and, and that area to 
to kind of uh, come to Florida, you know, so it's, those are shifting demographics, but we try to tailor it where we, to the market that we think we're going to nail based a lot on that lot size that's appropriate for that area. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, and the lifestyle point is super, super important. The home has to match the lifestyle. Um, and I want to ask, you know, on this point, are there, are there pain points that you have on this um, with the customization process, with the kind of like screening for people's lifestyle? Are there points that uh, cost a lot of time that you think some kind of automation could help out with? I like the folio aspect of the vendors participating in building a database. That's very yeah. attractive to me because, uh, you know, uh, most businesses that want to um, court your your court you for, for their business, uh, they have a system already set up and integrating it into your home building process is uh, is probably the hardest thing. And that's the most that's the most time time consuming part of the of the pre uh, you know commencement of construction is getting those specs right getting those uh, upgrades uh, accurately priced and, and to the customer in a timely manner. So I do like the aspect of maybe sharing that, that building of that database with the outside vendors because um, that, that could really save uh, man hours on my side. That's a sticking point for what I spend a lot of time doing when I get weekend calls on a Saturday or Sunday and it's like well this guy really wants to have a bonus room over the over the three-car garage you know and it's like well you know <laughs> that's a tough build I'm gonna have to put that together because right I've got a price I've got a price for the two-car garage but not the three-car garage you know so right back to the drawing board mm -hmm. if there was a way to integrate um the AutoCAD plans we use AutoCAD um, we've used um, a couple different um, drawing um, uh, softwares, but if they could integrate with that for your areas and your and your uh, all your dimensional items that actually would feed into that database, because I've seen that done before, and we're not currently utilizing that aspect of AutoCAD, that would be a great great item to have as well. What tools would somebody like you or you uh, use to keep track of like design, procurement, construction? Is it like all tracked on an Excel sheet or is there, you know, additional software on top of that? Yeah, right now it's a myriad of things. It's uh, Excel, it's BuildSoft, which is our accounting software and PO system software. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it's Google Drive, you know, all our stuff's mm -hmm. posted on online for our vendors and our and our subcontractors to um, access for for procurement purposes. I mean, um, back in 2000, we started scanning all of our um, color sheets up to the uh, website, and um, I said, if we, anybody ever says fax me something again then just tell them we don't use fax anymore. Just go online and pull it up. 
And so that was kind of the, you know, changing of the guard back in 2000. And, yeah. And so we're keep, we're kind of trying to stick with that, with that mantra that once you put it out there, everybody has access to it. So we use Google Drive, Excel, BuildSoft, and um, trying to think of anything else that AutoCAD, obviously, I've mentioned that one. So, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, those are kind of a myriad of softwares we use right now. Perfect. As your role as the owners of New Atlantic, how do you deal with keeping a bird's eye view of efficiency, operations, in procurement while balancing all your other responsibilities as an owner? Um, what, how would you say your role differs from maybe someone who's more nitty gritty specifically in the weeds? Um, with just managing procurement. So I've got two partners and one is finance and the other is land procurement. So we, mm-hmm. we have our, we have our specialities. And um, so I'm the guy that keeps track of all the uh, progress on the houses. Um, mm-hmm. Every, every Monday I talk to the field supervisors. I get a photo of every house that's in, that I put into a database so that I can see what stage the house is and um, you know, catch any errors when we're looking at it just on a, you know, just on a picture basis, but at least I can get, you, you'd be amazed, you know, the whole picture, it says a thousand words, it's true. And so I get those every Monday, put together my reports. Um, and when I'm talking to the guys, I get a feel for where we're at on issues. I mean, they tell me every issue and then some. And so mine's pretty hands-on from a construction 40,000 foot level down to, to you know, where's the, where's the drywall guy to do the punch out, you know, because, be, you know why? Because the closing date's approaching. And of, co- of course, that's what keeps us rolling, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so if somebody that's just in procurement, you know, I don't want to say they're isolated, and I'm not isolated just because I'm an owner, but you know, I've seen I've seen construction versus sales, or 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 uh, construction versus estimating. I've seen these little you know rifts occur uh, in the bigger companies, and that would be probably where I'm, you know, fortunate to have guys that, uh, or or I'm fortunate to be able to talk to the guys and you know not really get into any issues with them about why didn't this house move? Because, mm-hmm. because uh, you never sent out that uh, roof package. I'm like, okay, I'll get right on that, you know? So, right. <laughs> so I've got a pretty straight, straight uh, uh, relationship with those guys, but in a, in a bigger company, you end up to, you end up getting more secular with your, with your different estimating and, and construction and sales departments. It sounds like communication is super uh, important on that. It's, it's huge. It's, yeah. it's everything. It's, it's no egos. It's no corporate, you know, BS. It's the whole, it's the whole thing, man. I mean, yeah. Communication is power. Right. So. Right. That makes sense. Um, well, I'm, you know, I can't think of a better note to, to end us on there. Uh, communication is power.
This podcast was brought to you by Folio. Folio is a product specification, procurement, and data management software for the AEC industry. With Folio, you can manage your budgeting, specification, purchasing, inventory, and product data processes from end-to-end. Go to foholio.com and ask us for a free demo.